0: in my mind that say I'm not
1: Welcome back to Cookies and Milk. <laughs> it's been a long time. I am back from sabbatical. And I just wanted to hop on briefly uh, this evening because I was reminded in a, um, in a text message that I sent to a friend of mine this evening uh, regarding someone who's reached out to me in the music industry um to assist me in any of my desired music endeavors and a uh, very nice person uh praise for me is very humble and uh, nice and and has um an enormous amount of success in the music industry uh out of Nashville and uh, it kind of took me by surprise a few months ago, whenever I first heard from him, and I thought, "Well, well, that's nice." And you know, I give it some thought, and I'm just running through this year uh, with politics and government and ministry and elections, and I mean, gosh, you name it—election integrity campaigns. I mean, it's just been—I've um, been out there in it, and so um, I haven't really thought about music in a really long time. Uh many of you don't know that I am a singer. Um I have been singing, my gosh, since I was little. Uh my first demo was recorded when I was 15 and I sang Crazy by Patsy Cline. And um Whitney Houston was probably one of my greatest influences along with um um Aretha Franklin. And um, Yolanda Adams, you know, a lot of R and B gospel influences uh, in my life, and I actually started singing in uh, black churches in the South, and uh, and that was an amazing experience uh, because it was just you know a soulful and very uh, vocally liberating uh, experience, but but i want to i want to back up to the to the to the point of this uh uh brief cookies and milk that i hope blesses you this evening um i have two albums under my belt and um one grammy nomination uh for my work on on a gentleman's album uh who you probably hear in just about every spa elevator you know movie soundtracks a gentleman by the name of George Skourlis, a fantastic pianist here from the metro Atlanta area, a great guy, and we teamed up to bring some vocal sounds, really, to his uh, album, which he had never done before. And so it was very exciting, and it caused me to stretch in my vocal capacity. Um, For the longest time, I could not find my voice. It was really strange. It was like, I knew it was in there, but I couldn't find it. And what reminded me of that was in this text message tonight. I was sharing that the only thing that could ever take me back to the music industry uh, would be a mandate from God, like basically a burning bush and a mandate. Because I hate the industry, the business of music that much. And, and then I started to list all of the things that it took from me. And I thought, why does even the mention or even the thought of looking through someone else's catalog of their work in the business, why does that almost put me in hives? And I thought, I listed off the things that the music business had stolen from me. My confidence, money, time, you know, the audacity to hope and to dream. And the amount of rejection that came through that business was, excuse me, stifling for someone who never had confidence, and it was so sweet because as, I'm, as I hit send on that text message tonight, the Holy Spirit was really sweet in reminding me that it didn't take something that I never had. What it did was instead of breaking me, it actually helped shape who I am today because of the tenacity that God has equipped me with and with the unbreakable spirit that only by the grace of God, with all of the things that have come my way, I have never been completely broken. I have felt broken I have felt shattered in a million pieces, but by virtue of the fact that I'm standing here today with the confidence, with the assuredness, with the hope and the joy and the voice and the reach and the absolute purpose that I have in my belly. There is no other reason on earth that I should have that other than by the grace of God. So it was so sweet that he reminded me that it tried to break me, but it couldn't take something from me that I didn't have. And I had a choice to let it break me. And And I remember writing a $10,000 check to a producer who was very well known was signed to the Dreamworks label and a very well known R&B um a heavily awarded uh producer who was who was here locally and I'll never forget my original producer telling me I was like oh, I'm so excited these guys are going to you know we're going to make a hit and and, they, and I'm going to be a star and this is going to be amazing blah 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 blah, 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 blah. And a man who knew me very well and knew my voice very well said, well, Monica, you're either going to make it or this is going to be a very expensive lesson for you. But either way, I don't condemn you. I'm going to bless you. And, you know, good luck. <laughs> Needless to say, my $10,000 was the least of the things that I... um walked out of that studio with, uh, without rather, uh, I walked away from that experience without hope. And when you have an award-winning producer look at you and tell you that his two-year-old could do a better job than you, um, it's rough, especially after you've cut a $10,000 check for a three song demo that you're convinced they're going to walk into DreamWorks. And even though you're way past the age that they would ever be interested in you at the ripe old age of 28, 29 Um, and you don't look like the rest of the girls that they're signing. The most devastating thing that came out of that relationship was not the loss of money. It was the loss of my hope of ever uh, succeeding in the music of ever getting better. And what I really wanted was a coach. What I really wanted was a producer who was a producer to the extent that they could pull out of me the voice that I knew was down in there. And that person was not sent to be my coach. That person was sent to steal and kill and destroy. And that is exactly what he did. And I did not sing a note for the better half of four years. And the same producer who warned me about signing that deal took me into a studio, asked me to come sing some background tracks here in the city of Atlanta in a studio that he had worked out of for years. And it was a very well-known studio at the time before our transit system moved through there. And he calls me in and I really I really didn't want to do it, but it was just background vocals and I was so I say broken but but not you know it's like it's like we're we're pierced but not wounded, the Bible says, right? Like I, I was I was I was I was frail. It was like it was like being a, a thoroughbred horse that someone had just shoved into a stall for years and said, You're never gonna run again. Right. You're going to sit in here and get weak and they allowed your muscles to atrophy and they kept you in the dark and they never let you run out in the light or in the pasture and, and graze with other horses. And you're just like, you just stayed in your stall and you just atrophied and became feeble. Right. Mentally, emotionally, where my voice was concerned. And so here's this person who's going to like, you know, lead me out gently out into the ring. And 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 help, and help me to my feet. Right, put some blinders over my eyes so the sun doesn't blind me. It's like coming out of solitary confinement in a hole, right? Where you've just been on your knees for six months, and you and your and your and someone of grace and mercy cleans you up and brings you out, and. I'll never forget, I was like, turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. I don't want you to see me, and I don't want to see you. Just turn off the lights. And it took the better half of, I don't know, hours. The better half of an evening of me singing in the dark and him coaxing me out of that stall to where I actually believed him. And not only did I believe him, but I heard the music for the first time again in my soul. Like I could hear it from my soul, not just my ears. And and I began singing. And it was a little background, you know, I've always stacked my own vocals and background vocals. I'm very good at that for some reason. And I'm very grateful for that because that can become very expensive (laughs) when you're dealing with background singers and being able to stack with yourself and harmonize is, um, is, is a gift. And I'm very appreciative of that gift. And so, you know, I did that, that, uh, that evening for the better half of the night and, and realized that I was back and God was very merciful in that. And I didn't necessarily want to sing anymore but it was a start and and I did a great job for those guys and they were very kind and generous and, and it was just the starting point for me and all of this to say you know Satan always attacks us where our gifting is and where he knows that you're going to be most beneficial in creation and so whatever it is that you could be struggling with this evening, wherever you've been told that your voice doesn't matter. You, um, you have nothing to say. What you think doesn't matter. Right now, we are dealing with that on a national level where many of you feel as though because of your skin color, because of your political affiliation or your religious affiliation, that somehow your voice does not matter And it should be silenced at all costs. And I just wanted to take a moment tonight and play and open this tonight with that song. I love that song so much. You know, what God says about you, what God thinks about you, is truly all that matters. Whatever God has called you to, even as it, no matter how scary it is, whether you know nothing about it or you're the most educated person in the room, whatever it is, I would encourage you to continue to exercise your voice even if it's uncomfortable, if it costs you rejection and friendships, belonging, You know, you'll never regret finding your own voice. Because no one can ever take that away from you. Once you find your voice, it's yours. And I finally found my voice vocally through a very old vocal coach here in the city of Atlanta. And I had gone through quite a few of them, but I decided, you know what? I don't want anything to mess with my voice, even though I know it's, there's, there's still something down in there that I just haven't tapped into yet. I'm not singing with liberation. I'm singing how I think other people want me to sing or how how I want me to sound and I'm going to be a pop star and blah, blah, blah. And so I found a coach here who was literally 120 years old and graduated from uh, Juilliard. And just a fantastic, just ball buster of a coach, and um, had me singing, you know, Italian exercises. And in those Italian exercises, I found my range, I learned how to position my mouth for, for vowel expression. I learned how to cast my voice so that it sounded bigger than it was. I learned how to sing from different parts of my body. I became one with my vocal cords. And more importantly, I worked through a lot of emotional stuff. And one of the main things that prohibits us from finding our voice whenever I'm working with singers or I'm working with politicians, I'm working with executives are actors and actresses, when you're stuck, when you're like, you're emotionally constipated, you've got a block in there, right? Where there's either trauma or there's some rejection, there's some insecurity, there's, a, there's trepidation. You don't believe what you are saying. When you don't believe what you're saying or singing or acting or professing, it is stuck in your body and it does not come out in its fullness. And so there's so many hindrances to our voice in a myriad of capacities. And, but the main thing I find is that it really is a matter of what does God say about you? What are the things in your life that you need to make peace with who, what are the monsters you need to face? What are those things you need to stare down and face down and know that you're not alone when you do it? What are those decisions that you regret or those voices that you still hear that other people have spoken over you or the habits or the, the false comforters, the addictions So many things that we hide behind and our voices get wrapped in like cellophane. You know, it's just like shrink wrap around our souls. And we know we're not living our best life. We know we're not pursuing the things that our hearts are crying out for. We know we're not living as honestly as we could with ourselves and others. We know we're not pursuing that career that's in our bones we know we're not in pursuit of that person or that life or the joy or the peace or the friendships the clubs the the tribe you know the church whatever the profession whatever it is the athleticism that weight loss the weight gain you know the ability to get out and teach and to and to engage in society, we have every reason not to do it, and all of that goes back to our voices and Then my parting thought tonight is this: I hadn't really thought about this until I posted it tonight on my LinkedIn account, and it was pretty profound to me <laughs> and um, I said you know um uh, Rejection has a funny way of making you believe you no longer want the desire of your heart. And that is a lie. That is a lie. And rejection, I find, is one of the number one stifling blocks to our voices. So I hope that encourages you tonight. I... I appreciate Lauren Daigle. That's, that was the young lady who was singing, um, in our intro and I just love her voice and I love her, you know, her God gift of being able to praise with, you know, just that wonderful passion that she sings with and that raspiness kind of jazzy Christian, uh, which I love. And, um, I hope you find comfort in this. I hope you find comfort in the Lord and I hope that this ministers to you so pray about it pray about those desires of your heart that maybe you've given up on pray about using your voice finding your voice not being afraid to assert your voice and cutting yourself some slack to be able to grow you know we're going from glory to glory (laughs) okay i will hopefully chat with you tomorrow for my podcast But um, I want to wish you sweet dreams and know that you are loved always. Okay, until next time. Ciao.